views and opinions expressed in Cold and Missing are exclusively those of the hosts. All parties mentioned are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cold and Missing also contains adult themes and languages and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Cold and Missing. Welcome back, everyone. This is a part two episode. So if you have not listened to part one of the episode on Tita J. Garcia Quintanilla, stop here and go back and listen to the part one of our interview with his wife, Faith. This is... You absolutely have to go back. You will miss so much if you don't go back. Please go back. (laughs) So go back, listen to that. And this is part two. Part two. Are you comfortable talking about, um, like, the events of this past year, right? Um, this is yeah, That's, I like, mean, when everything started. I may, I may cry every once in a while, but, yeah. Oh, that's anything, okay. Yeah. Whatever you want to tell me to tell you. <laughs> so, um, I, from, you know, our email exchanges, you um, and Brenly came to the United States and you were going to start the, the immigration process. Um, right. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? So, you know, COVID had started and it was really bad. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was bad here, but in a third world country, I just really don't know how to describe how horrible it was. Yeah. Um, when we left there, everybody was still in masks and they were still on, uh, I call it COVID lockdown, mm-hmm. you know. Um, over there, the way that it worked was you could only go out one day a week. The only things that were open were the big grocery stores, banks, and gas stations. That was it. Nothing else was allowed to be open. Wow. The day that you were allowed to go out went by your ID, the last number of your ID. Mm. And you were only allowed out from like 7 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. When you went to go get gas to the bank or to the grocery store, you know, you had to wait in line and you had to be like the six feet apart. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you had to have your ID with you. If you were out and your ID number did not match your ID, you did not get gas, you did not get groceries, and you did not get in the bank. Wow. And, of course, the police were around all the time. Mm -hmm. And if it did not match, the police would come and take you. If you were in a car, they took your car. If you were on a bike, they took it. Motorcycle, whatever, they Mm -hmm. took it. I said they took you to COVID jail, but basically COVID jail was like usually the big soccer field. And then Mm -hmm. they set you out there and made everybody six foot apart. And you had to stay there for like 12 hours. I I was making sure I wasn't going to COVID jail, you know. But now me and Tito couldn't go out on the same day because his number was different than my number, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But uh, it was really bad over there. I mean, people were dying on cardboard boxes outside the hospital. Oh, my Uh, Schools, you know, were trying to do classes over the internet I mm-hmm. mean it, it was just it was just critical chaos you know wow. and Tito was really afraid that with us our immunity you know we had mm-hmm. some issues with some health things over there mm-hmm. because of immunity and he was like look he says we've made it this long he says Y'all need to go over there. He says, you know, we've been here long enough. Mm -hmm. You and Brinley go over there, get Brinley in school, you know, get him settled in, find us a place to live. You start looking for a job. We'll get in with the immigration lawyers. We'll start my paperwork. And depending on how long it takes, y'all can come home in the summer. 
mm-hmm. you know, right. stay, just stay the whole summer or whatever. You know, we can video chat, you know, we'll, we'll do what we have to do until we can get my papers finished. Totally. And, uh, so I said, okay, well, we, you know, we got everything settled and, you know, we called the immigration lawyers and they were looking into, you know, how lawyers are. And I, I'm, you know, this yeah. is just like not the simplest process. Not at whatsoever, all. You know. Yeah. And they went back through all the paperwork and stuff and I don't know how long it was. And then they said, look, we need to get on a call with you and Tito together, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought, oh, yay, they're going to tell us how long it's going to take. Totally. And we get on the call, and they're like, well, we have some bad news. And I'm thinking, how can there be bad news? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've paid, you know, we know how long it was going to be. We've been out of the country that long. Right. You know, I mean, Tito was never, like, arrested for anything. I mean, yes, he had been deported before I met him. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but it was basic traffic crap, you know, like, you know, oh, he didn't stop at the stop sign or the driver without a license. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Right. And they're like, "Uh, well, some of the laws got changed when Donald Trump was in office and he is now permanently banned from the United States because he was deported too many times. Oh, my God. And, I mean, I was just like, what? I don't understand what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. You said 10 years, and we've been out for 10 years. Right. And they're like, I'm sorry. They said, this is the only thing you can do. Is So we can get you to, we can do, well, you can ask for forgiveness, and that, that will take at least five years, okay? <sighs> and there is no guarantee that they'll do it. And that will cost you about ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, if that they say that you can do that, then we can start another process, and that will take about five years. And that's going to cost you about the same amount. And that's something about. Uh, I forget what they called it. But then there was another step, and that takes about five years in the same amount. Oh, my. And all of these have to be okay. So that's 15 years and $30,000. Okay? Mm -hmm. At that time, Brinley is going to be 29 years old. Mm -hmm. I am going to be 69. What good is that even going to do us? Yeah. And that's if they okay these three things as it goes along. Right. And you don't even have that guarantee that each step will be approved. Right. Yeah. And I don't have $30,000. And what good is that going to do Brindley at 29 years old? Mm -hmm. And me at 69. Right. So I was telling Ted, I said, what do you want to do? I said, look, this is what I think we should do. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to come home. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just forget this. This is not working. This is not what we expected. We're coming home. I didn't buy a house. My stepdad is letting me stay in his mother's old house. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy furniture. I, I don't have a lot of investment over here. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. Me and Brinley are going to come home. That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're done. And he's like, no. That's, that's not what we're doing. That is not what we said we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care what we discussed. We don't have any other option. We're, we're coming home. Mm-hmm. And Tito never argues. That is not how he is. Yeah. He doesn't argue. He doesn't fight. He, he's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's a discussion, and we work out the discussion, and we decide what we do as a family. Yeah. He was not having a discussion about this. Mm. He was adamant that he 
was coming here no matter what. Well, I started crying, and I got upset, and I told him, I said, look, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't want you coming like that. It's not like it was 15, 16, 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. You were 17 years younger. It was a lot easier. I said, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. He hung up the phone. And he went back home, and I didn't talk to him for three or four days because he was just like, "Mm mm-mm. Wow. He made his decision, and he called me, and he says, Faith, he says, I have never gone against anything that we have decided as a family. He says, but I am doing this. He says, my son deserves to have a good education. Mm -hmm. He deserves to be able to go to college if he wants to. He deserves to have a good job that pays more than $5 and $5 for 12 hours a day. Yeah. He deserves all of these things that are only available to him in the United States and he says I don't care what it takes for me to get there for us to be a family. But he is staying there, and I am coming. Mm -hmm. And there was no more discussion about it. Yeah. And every time he would talk about it, I would just cry and beg and plead. And he says, baby, I know you're upset. I know this is not what you want. He said, but this is the first. He says, I am going against you. And he says, I know you don't like it. He says, but this is how it's got to be. They're not going to let me come. And he says, and I'm not going to let y'all come home. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, he wasn't changing his mind. If I would have got on the plane and gone to Honduras, he would have just left us there. <laughs> and he'd have told me, well, I'll meet you over there. I'll call you when I'm there. That must have been really difficult for you to, like, the only thing that comes to mind is, like, a rock and a hard place. You must have been really stuck. I was because, I mean, we have never gone against each other. Mm-hmm. We have always talked everything through. And, you know, even if we disagreed on stuff in the end, you know, we're like, okay, I see your point. Look, I'll support you in that. Right. But I would not support him in that. And he knew I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He knew I would never support him to do that, ever. And I mean, he just calls me on the phone and he says, I'm in Guatemala. Wow. How did. On the- I said, why are you on the bus? He says, I'm on my way. And I said, please, Tito, please just go back. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, just go back home. I'm, you know, I said, it's my home, too. I said, you know, it doesn't bother me anymore. I love it. Yeah. You know, I said, I don't mind at all. I said, we have a routine there. You know, I said, at Christmas, me, Brindley, and him always took a vacation together. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, me and Brindley would always come back here to visit my mom, my brother. We would stay a month. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would visit my family. Yeah. You know, And I said, you know, I said, why can't we do the same thing we've been doing for the last 13 years? And he was like, no, Brinley is going to get an education, Mm -hmm. a real education, not what he gets here. And I mean, when I would start arguing with him, he would just turn off the phone. No. (laughs) Because he just didn't want to hear me anymore because I would start crying Mm -hmm. and he can't stand to hear me cry. Wow. You know? Yeah. And then next call I got, well, I'm at the border of Mexico and I'm like, you're just not going to stop, are you? He says, no, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too, but please. And he's like, no. He And then, I mean, what am I supposed to do? 
Right. I realized at this point, he, he's just not going to stop. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? He says, I need you to send me some money to such and such name, you know, because I can't send money to his name. He's in Mexico. Right. So here I am. He's drugged me into this, so I have to help him now. I mean, I can't just leave him there with no money. Of course, yeah. So now here I am sending money to Mexico, and next Mm -hmm. thing I'm sending money to Coyotes. And, you know, it's just like this horrid circle he's drugged me into, and I'm just like, every time I send money, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and every time I'm like, look, why don't you just come, just go back home. It's not too late. Mm -hmm. Just go back home. And he's like, no. He says, baby, nothing is going to happen. I promise you. I Mm -hmm. said, Tito, what if something does happen? I said, don't you think it's better for us to be home? You know, Mm -hmm. I said, so what? You know, you know, he can still come over here and go to some kind of trade school or whatever. I said, he can take a test and still get into college. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, us be a family and be over there and be home. I said, what if something happens to you crossing? Mm-hmm. You know? And I said, then you don't have a daddy. Nothing is going to happen, baby. I promise you. <sighs> and now, it's, you know, mm-hmm. December 19th. It's going to be four months. It's been four months since you last heard from Tito? Um, December the 19th. It'll be four months. Oh, I'm so sorry. And basically what happened was, I, I mean, I paid, I don't know how much, but in Monterey, stayed in Monterey, Mexico for a couple of weeks. And then he went from Monterey over to Nuevo Laredo. Mm-hmm. And he was there. They kept him there for, I guess, a couple of weeks. I really I can't tell you exactly how many days without looking like through about a zillion notes. My, yeah. my poor table in there, it just looks like it's vomited. Yeah. Paperwork and notes and stuff. And then he called me. No, I was working. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked to him every day, Mm -hmm. you know, like normal. Our video chatted with him. And I was working till 930 that night. And he said, I talked to him that morning. I said, look, I said, I'm going to leave my phone with Brinley. I'm going to give my phone to Brindley so when he gets home from school, my mom picks him up. And I said, when he gets home from school, I said, that way you can talk video chat with him, mm-hmm. you know. And I said, then when I get in from work, I said, I'll call you and talk to you then. Mm-hmm. Well, Brindley video chat with his daddy. And then when I got in, there was a message on WhatsApp that says, I'm not going to be able to call. We're leaving, going to the river. Okay. He says, I love you. And I thought, oh, God, mm-hmm. here it goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just automatically went into like, oh, my God. Oh, why is he doing this? Yeah. Was, well, was this in June that he was going to the river? No. He went, this is June, July, August. At one time, see, he went to the river and he crossed, mm-hmm. but he got lost. Mm-hmm. Border Patrol chased him and he got lost. And he called me and I, I got the coordinates from him. Mm-hmm. And I called Border Patrol and made Border Patrol go pick him up. Wow. And they picked him up and instead of taking him and deporting him to Honduras mm-hmm. like they're supposed to, right. they took and put him over in Piedro Negros, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. And then he took the bus back to Monterey mm-hmm. and then went back to Nuevo Laredo. Well, when that happened, see, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds awful because when I called Border Patrol, I told my mom, I said, thank God 
he was not happy with me because I called the coordinates and Border Patrol. Yeah. But he was alive, mm-hmm. and that's all I cared about. Of course. I told Mama, I said, thank God. I said, look, Border Patrol has picked him up. They just called me I, because I had called them and begged them to go get him. Mm-hmm. I said, Mama, he's going to be he's going to be sent back to Honduras. All of this is finally going to be over. I'm not giving him a chance. I said, if I have to go over there and tie his ass to the damn mango tree. I said, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah. I said, look what happened. He calls me three hours after I called Border Patrol and he's in Mexico. And I'm like, why is he in Mexico? He's not a Mexican. Yeah. He doesn't know anybody in Mexico. No. He had his ID. He's been fingerprinted three or four times through Border Patrol. Yeah. Why is he in Mexico? So anyway, he went back to Monterey, the same group mm-hmm. that he was with before, gets back to Nuevo Laredo, and then, like I said, he sends me a message and tells me they're on the way to the river. Okay. Then every once in a while, he'll send me a message. Mm-hmm. It's just like quickly. Yeah. And it just says, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That's it. And his phone goes off. Well, then he sends me a message, and he may have sent me a couple messages in between there saying he was fine or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Because it's hard to remember all that because you're not writing that stuff down because you're not expecting that you need to remember these things. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. But he called me, and he said, no, he sent me a message, and he says, I'll see you soon, he says. We're resting right now. And I thought, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he turned his phone off. I thought, good. Mm-hmm. He's making the trip okay. You know, he says he's doing good. They're resting, so he's not, you know, he, obviously he's not dehydrated. He's making the walk okay. Yeah. You know, and I was just like so relieved. Mm-hmm. Then the next day in the evening, he calls, and I'm thinking, I see his name, and I am so excited because I'm thinking he he's been picked up, mm-hmm. and they're on their way to San Antonio. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. When I hear his voice on that phone, my heart just drops. I can tell that he just can't go no further. Mm. He just can't walk one more step. He is just exhausted and done. Yeah. And I said, what's wrong? And he says, baby, I just can't go anymore. Mm. And I said, send me your coordinates so I can call Border Patrol. Yeah. So they can come get you. And he said, uh, the coyote tells me that we're three to four hours out away from pickup. And I said, what are you going to do? I said, if you can't go. And he says, well, the coyote says that they can send a car out here in the morning to pick me up. Mm -hmm. But it's going to cost $10,000. Oh, my God. I said... I don't care. I'll pay it. I'll yeah. go borrow it from Mama. Mm-hmm. I said, tell them they send the car and pick you up. When I pick you up in San Antonio, I'll pay the other ten, the ten thousand along with the rest. Mm-hmm. Tell them to send the car. And then the phone, you could tell like somebody snatched the phone and turned it off. Mm. You know. Yeah. Well, then a few minutes later. Somebody calls from a different number, mm-hmm. and it's him on the phone, and he says, the coyote says, okay, that that's fine. And he says, I love you, and I said, I love you too, and you could tell then that phone was snatched away and hung up. Mm. You know, I'm thinking, everything's going to be okay. You know, they're going to send the car for him in the morning. We're going to be all right, you know. Mm-hmm. About eight or nine the next morning, 
yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, you, you made it into San Antonio. And he says, no. Mm. And I could tell by his voice, I was like, oh, God, something's happened. Yeah. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, nobody sent a car for me. Oh, and I said, well, did you try to call? And he says, yes, and they're not answering. And I said, send me where you are right now. Send mm-hmm. me your coordinates. Send me your location. I'm calling somebody to come pick you up. Yeah. And he says, no, I'm not doing it. And I said, please, Tito, just send me the stuff mm-hmm. and let Border Patrol come get you. Yeah. I said, let's please, please just let's go home. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, baby, I'm not doing it. I've got this far. He says, the coyote said we're only three to four hours away from where someone could pick, you know, mm-hmm. you could get picked up. I said, Tito, I don't care. I said, please, just let me come come get you. And he said, no. I said, well, then what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to use Google Maps on my phone, and I'm going to figure out how to get close enough to the road that you can come get me. I said, Tito, I said, don't be crazy. Mm -hmm. And he says, that's what I'm doing. He says, you need to get down here. And, of course, I'm crying. Mm -hmm. He hangs up. Mm -hmm. So I call my mom. I tell her what he said. I went by and got Brinley at school Mm -hmm. because he had wanted to go, you know, because I asked him, I said, when Daddy comes, I said, do you want to go or you want to stay with Mama? Mm-hmm. He said, Mama, I want to go. He says, because Daddy has has going to have made a long, long trip to come home. Yeah. And he says, I want to be there when Daddy gets here. Mm-hmm. I went and got him at school. And, you know, it's like a 16-hour drive or something. Mm-hmm. So I started driving down there. And like before, every once in a while, he turned on his phone and I'd receive this little message that says, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. You know, well, then all of a sudden, the WhatsApp video came on, you mm-hmm. know, and it was like about eight hours afterwards. Yeah. You know, like when he started. And I could see, you know, I could see him and he looked awful. I mean, had I known, not known who was calling, I wouldn't have known it was him, you know. Wow. He, you could tell he was all dehydrated, and his face was just, like, sunburned, you know. Mm-hmm. His eyes were dark underneath and stuff. And you could tell he was, he was under, he said, baby. I said, hey. I said, where are you? He says, I made it to a bridge, and I'm under the bridge. Mm-hmm. And he says, this where you're going to pick me up from. He says, I'm so excited. He says, we're going to be a family soon. He says, I love y'all so much. I Mm -hmm. said, I love you too. He says, I love you. He says, I love you. And he he hung up the phone. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was like, well, he must be just trying to preserve the battery. And he knows that we're still really far out. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, in a little bit, you know, he messaged and he he said, uh, I'm going to send you the location. I mm-hmm. said, okay. Well, he was trying to send the live location and it would just circle and you would see the little red pinpoint, but it would never tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden behind it, you could see where it would say sending coordinates and it wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is it doing? Yeah. So, and he did that like three times and it wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a message and I said, look, walk out from underneath the bridge and see if you see anything to help me know where you are. You know, like an exit sign, a mile marker, you know, a gate, a mailbox, no, anything. Go, you know, and he came 
got back on the phone. It wasn't but just a few minutes. And he says, baby, I, I can't walk. He says, I just can't go. He says, I, I can't move hardly. And he says, I see a road. He mm-hmm. says, but not close enough that I can see where cars come in and out.
said to me all these numbers in Mexico, you know, like his boss and the boss over him Mm -hmm. and the lady that's in charge of all of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and don't think I didn't call everyone those numbers because I did. Oh, yeah. Some of them answered and had no idea what I was talking about. And some of them didn't answer. So I WhatsApped them and then, you know, like they didn't call me back. They didn't answer me. And then after three days when they didn't call me back, or answer me. I sent them messages. They weren't very nice. Mm-hmm. By like three days later, I mean, I was practically like, you know, if I could get my hands on you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, of course. But that, that coyote was just like, you know, he had no idea, you know, what I, I and I described exactly what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. And when I did the missing person, I went, my mom took me back down there mm-hmm. because I had just been hysterical ever since. So my mom drove me down there to do the missing person report. And uh, when I was telling them about this gargle thing, they were like, well, we know exactly where that is. It's not a gargle. It's a bat. When you look at it from far off, it looks like a gargle. Oh. And it's, uh, there's a, it's called Chachon, I think, C-H-A-C-O-N, Park. It's a bat park. It's called, it's called Bat Park. And it's in Webb County. And it's like a big arched thing, you know, mm-hmm. but it would be called the gate by him. You right, know? yeah. It's like a big gate entrance. Yeah. And when the bat wings come down, it does look like a gargle. It does look like a gargle. Yeah. You know? And uh, she said that they went out there and looked around and they didn't find anything. Mm. But I described this to the coyote. And she said that there's a possibility that she says, you know, they know all the area out there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and she says when I was describing that to him, to him, that there's a good possibility that they went out there mm-hmm. and got him, and then sold him to traffickers to work, mm. because they would have been really mad. Because if I would have picked him up, see, they would have missed out on the eight thousand dollars they would have gotten in San Antonio for him. I see. But had they brought the damn car, they would have got $18,000 in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand how they work, you know. Yeah. The- and I mean, I think the, the worst part is, is like years ago, like when he was first doing this, there wasn't as many people crossing. Right. So they had to make sure every person made it. See, now there's so many people crossing. If they have to abandon five, six, seven people out there, it's no big deal. They don't care because there's another 20 sitting right back there on the bank waiting to come. Right. It's just like a numbers thing, just as many numbers as possible. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I did a missing person report. A couple days later, I was assigned an investigator supposedly she went out there and looked Mm -hmm. then uh i actually had a lady that contacted me uh on facebook and said that she was 90 something percent sure that she saw tito in a restaurant in wisconsin Mm. and uh she actually called the people at the sheriff's department, and she said she sent them an email, and that she left the sheriff's department a message, and there was some kind of, I don't know, I, I keep getting different stories from mm-hmm. that, but anyway, I ended up calling the sheriff's department up in Wisconsin, and they said that they had never heard from Webb County, and then they assigned a deputy to talk to me, and by that time, the group had left the area. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was him or it wasn't him. So do you think Tito is still in the United States? I believe he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's not in Honduras with his family. Right. Yet, you know, with our family there. Uh, all I know is if he was capable to get home to us, he would be here. Right. This is not one of those situations where, oh, well, she paid the money and got me to the United States. Now I'm going to go do what I want to do. Right. That's not Tito. Yeah. That, that, you know, and it's not, I had somebody say, well, do you think he has another family somewhere? No. It, that's, that's not that kind of situation either. Right. But I mean, you all had had a family. Years, yeah. Right. 17 years we've been together. Mm-hmm. I know him just as well as he knows me. Right. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, it, he would crawl here mm-hmm. if there was a way for him to get here. I still pay his phone bill. Okay. Just in case uh, somebody finds his phone, turns it on, and tries to connect to the internet, I'll know it. Okay. You know, if he has it and some reason he's being trafficked and he still has his phone and he's able to charge it and make a call, it's active. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm still paying the phone bill. Right now, I'm doing Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, talking to you guys, mm-hmm. doing podcasts. Uh, the place in Wisconsin where the tip came from, he had yeah. on a construction T-shirt. Mm. And I have looked them up, and they work only in these certain areas of Wisconsin and Minnesota. Mm. I have wrote down every city that they work in and I am I am writing down every sheriff's department, every police department in each one of those cities, getting their fax machines, fax numbers, their phone numbers, their emails, calling directly to them, faxing them his information, emailing them his information. These people are going to be sick of me. I am not going to give up. I am going to be the one person that the people that have him say, we need to turn them him loose mm-hmm. because we are going to be called because she is not going to give up. And I am not going to give up. Yeah. I'm going to get an answer one way or another. If it takes me two years, it takes me ten years. And if I die and still don't have an answer, Brinley's going to take over. Somebody's going to get an answer someday. Absolutely. I love him, and I am not giving up. I need my MacGyver back. I got things that need to be fixed. I miss my cake. You know, over there, you celebrate, you have cake and Coke. I haven't had cake since. You know, it's just funny little things that you miss. Everything is a turmoil all the time. Yeah. It's like I told my mom, you know, when my husband died. Yes, it broke my heart. You knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. You knew that he had died, that you were going to bury him. You knew you were going to be sad. Yeah. But you knew that what had happened, this is like a relentless unknowing all the time. Mm -hmm. I eat. I wonder if he's eating. Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he hot? Is he cold? Mm -hmm. You know? I look at the sky. Is he looking at the sky? Mm-hmm. You know, is it the same sky I'm looking at? Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're with somebody so many years, and I mean, you're just a part of them. Of course, yeah. And I mean, my, our son, 
he, you know, we talk about memories and different things, and he has done really well until the other day. I picked him up at school, mm-hmm. and he just, just his heart is breaking. I mean, he just cries and cries and cries, and it's just that's even more heartbreaking. Yeah. These people don't realize how much they tear a family apart. And the extortion calls, they're just ungodly. I've been threatened. They threatened to kidnap my kid. Jesus, I'm so sorry. You know, they threatened to kill Tito. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I finally figured out how the extortion thing works. And I now start talking and I cut them off and I'm like look you can you can say what you want to say but we're playing by my rules and this is how this shit is going to work Yeah, I'm going to talk to him I'm going to see then I'll give you money and if you don't like the way that works you just need to hang up and go on they're like no this is how it's going to work I said okay we're done and I hang up good for you I mean, I, I, you know, I had to go through lots of extortion calls before I figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're taking time from me from the time that I need to be working on stuff that may actually benefit me finding him. Yeah. You know, and you keeping me up from 11 o'clock at night till 3 o'clock in the morning is not benefiting my health either. No, not at all. I mean, I've quit my job. I'm not capable to do my job. I mean, mm-hmm. I just start crying out in the middle of work. Yeah. You know, so I'm helping my best friend. She has a little ice cream shop and she sells food. I can only work a day and a half. Mm-hmm long enough to keep myself together. Yeah. And if I cry there, it's no big deal. You know, she's like, just just go back there, you know, yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. But I mean, I can't work a full-time job now. Right. I mean, I can barely go to Walmart and buy cereal. Yeah. I mean, I look at Captain Crunch and break out into tears and people at Walmart think I'm psychotic. <laughs> I mean, what did Captain Crunch do to me? I don't know. I'm so sorry that you have to, like, bear the burden of investigation and, like, running down these leads. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. That's hard when you're already going through so much. But, you know, I mean, you just, I mean, even if you had somebody you thought you could depend on, mm-hmm. you just, me, myself, I know I will do it. And I will follow through, and I will keep on. Mm-hmm. Other people, it's it. It's not. It's not their family. Right. No one's no, going to work as hard I, as you. Right. And you know, I mean, if there is the t- tiniest tidbit that it could lead to him, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do it. Yeah. My my family in Honduras, it's difficult for them to understand why it is so difficult for me not to have found him by now. Mm-hmm. But I keep explaining to them, Honduras is the size of Tennessee. Right. They don't understand the size of the United States and the amount of police departments and sheriff's departments and everything that it involves. Right. You know? And, and I mean, that's difficult, too. And I know it's difficult for them. I mean, his mother and his brothers and sisters and his nieces and nephews, Mm -hmm. you know? And I try to explain to them and they don't really understand the extortion thing because people have contacted them. And then, of course, they send them to me mm-hmm. because they don't have the money to pay it. Right. You know? I mean, I've had one sister-in-law, she ain't talked to me now for a month and a half because somebody called her and said that if some, you know, I pay 3000 they paid $3,000, they could have him back. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain to her, I can 
send them $3,000, but you're still not going to get him. Right. You know, and luckily, one of my brother-in-laws is a policeman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he liked to never have made her understand that. Yeah. You know, in her mind, these people are not lying. They are telling the truth. Right. You know, why would they lie about that? Yeah. Well, you're dealing with criminals. You know, and Mm -hmm. I've had somebody say, well, you know, he knew the circumstances when he left. That's karma. Mm, That's not right. And I'm I'm saying, you know, they say, well, I would pray for him, but what he was doing is illegal. I'm so sorry. I said, let me tell you something. I'm not asking you to pray for the illegal thing that he was doing. I'm asking you to pray for him because he's a person. Mm -hmm. I said, don't you remember where it says all of God's little children? It didn't say the illegal little children, the legal little children, you know, the children that don't have teeth, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I said, uh, you with the karma over there, I said, so next time you say a cuss word and you get ran over by a car, is that karma? Mm-hmm. I said, there is no such thing as that. Right. You know, I said, I mean, some people are just so nasty. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're going to be nasty, just go on. Right. I mean, I, I just don't understand people. It's just... I mean, people are so cruel. They're just, I mean, it's just, it's a hard situation for everybody. And I feel, I mean, I feel bad for me and my situation. But when I go down through, like, those group pages, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I cry so hard for some of those other people. Yeah. People from Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, know how those people live mm-hmm. I know how much money they have mm-hmm. they don't have any and I can't imagine what it's like for them when it probably takes a months of their stuff just to be able to go take a taxi or whatever into town to make one missing poster and pay for internet to post something I've been doing TikToks and trying to tell people, like, we're trying to get our DNA done. I called Mm -hmm. the lab in Nashville, Mm -hmm. and she's telling me, no, you can't have your DNA done because it's a case in Texas, and this is through the FBI, and I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. FBI, federal, does that not mean the United States? Right. You know, and then I had to, it takes me a week, and I have to figure out everything by myself. You know, and I feel bad for these people because it just adds more stress to me. And I'm just trying to get a DNA sample in case they find bones so I can know if that's my my husband. Right. I mean, there should be a list, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. of things that make things more simple for people like me. Well, for all of us. I mean, mm-hmm. usually we just don't have Right. Nobody expects it to happen to them until it does. Exactly. You know, I'm like, I need DNA done. Mm -hmm. Call the federal, you know, lab for the Federal Bureau of Investigation lab. Mm -hmm. I mean, where else would you think to call? Right. You know? No, we can't do that because your case is in Texas. I told my mom, I said, am I wrong? Is federal not mean like the whole damn United States? Right. I mean, it's just stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like you have to spend time and headaches on trying to figure out what you're doing. So I'm like, I go to NamUs. Do you know that if you email them or call them, they will actually get it set up for you? I did not know that. Yeah, I emailed them and I was like, look, I 
I just need to know what direction, you know, where I can get this done, what direction, who I can call. They're like, oh, well, we've contacted our contact in Texas, and they will contact our contact in Tennessee. They will call you with some appointment dates. We'll send the kits there. Y'all will go in. You will get swabbed, and that person will send it back, and then it will be put in NamUs. It's that easy. That easy, but it took you weeks of research to get to that point. Yeah, and calling all over God's creation. Mm-hmm. And I'll guarantee you, I am not the only one that has had to do this. Yeah, you're right. I put, I put it on TikTok. I said, those of you that need DNA tests, let me just tell you how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Could you give me a description of Tito so that way our listeners know who to be on the lookout for? Well, he's the most handsome Hispanic man you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't help that. He really is. I believe you. (laughs) Those little eyebrows, those up and down, those little, you know, I mean, he really is. Uh, He he has black hair. Uh, He he cuts it short, but if it gets a little longer, it's curly. Mm Mm-hmm. He has brown eyes. He does wear glasses, but he has lost them, so I don't know at this point if he would actually have glasses right now or not. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, he has a mustache and a goatee. Mm-hmm. He, he does not have any tattoos. Mm-hmm. He's about 5'5". Five, five. I'm not exactly sure how much he weighs. I just know he has a 32-inch waist. Okay. Um, he does have a scar on, like, the clavicle uh, collarbone area. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you which side because he had that done while I've been here in the United States. Gotcha. Uh, he's had to have, like, a... Uh, a plate and some uh, screws put in. He had a wreck on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. The only other major scar he has is on top of one of his hands between his pointer finger and his thumb. He has, and it looks like a thick scar. It's not like a little thin scar. Mm-hmm. It goes up to just about to his wrist. He had a machete when he was younger, and he was cutting a mango tree limb, and he hit it with a machete and cut it open. Oh. Yeah. That's what I said when I asked him what he did. That's really the only scars that he has. He can speak English and Spanish, mm-hmm. but usually if you speak to him in English, he'll get really nervous. He's really friendly. He smiles a lot. Mm-hmm. He loves people. He likes to help people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, even though he loves me, he's the most proudest of his son. Yeah. You know, that's his pride and joy right there. Of course. He's from Gracias Limpira, Honduras. Well, Faith, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and um, sharing your memories um, of, like, how you and Tito met, like, That's really sweet. Thank you so much. I think I have everything that I need, but is there anything else that you really want to say or for our listeners to know? Just if they see him, Mm -hmm. know that he's, you know, a big part of our lives. And like I said, if he could be here, he would be here. There's something holding him Mm -hmm. from coming home. And if they seem to please, even if they think it's him, to call 911, mm-hmm. you know, and that for them to know that we just love and miss him so much. And it's just so long, yeah. you know, we just, we just want him home. 
Yeah, of course. This might be something funny you want to tell people. Mm-hmm. Is when I lived in Honduras and I teach, you know, I was teaching or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought it was funny because I would always wear like Honduras t-shirts, mm-hmm. and Tito would always wear American t-shirts. <laughs> he loved American t-shirts with American flags all the time. He would have all like those old Navy shirts with the yes. American flags. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a picture where I'm in the cultural, the cultural uh, dress, mm-hmm. and him, he's in the American T-shirt. <laughs> the American cultural dress. <laughs> it's the typical, typical. Uh, we were having the typical uh, performance, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm in the dress, and him. He's in, he, he, he wears the American t-shirt to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the final part of the interview with Faith. As mentioned in the interview, if you think that you have seen Tito, please call 911 um, and report him being seen. And if possible, try to take a picture of him that um, you can send along to Faith. We are going to include all the social media in our show notes um, that she has created for Tito to bring awareness to his case. Um, If you know anything, uh, the Webb County Sheriff's number is 956-523-4500, and you can call in your tips there. And of course, follow us on Instagram. We have lots of pictures of Tito provided by Faith. Yeah, we'll continue to uh, post those and... um You know, if we have updates, share those with you. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back next week uh, with our regular format. We'll still be covering this case, but um, we'll provide a timeline and, again, some background information and... Lots of questions. Lots of questions, so... Probably lots of crying. And a lot of crying, I bet. (laughs) So please like and subscribe wherever you're at. It helps more people see the show. It helps more listeners get here, which ultimately gets more people looking for Tito for everybody mentioned in our podcast. So Yeah, because you have literally because you have like listened, liked, subscribed and shared, this person, Faith, found us somehow and now like we're like helping her find her husband. Yeah. We're so excited to be back next week to continue to talk about Tito. Mhm. And um, really cool guy. Yeah, we hope you have a great week and stay safe, y'all. Yeah, have a great week. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>